Your Chiefs got it done this weekend. They've taken control of the AFC. How do they maintain that? What do they have to do next? And where is it coming from today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Special live edition here Sunday afternoon. Because the Chiefs aren't playing a ball game, and all i got to do is watch the other team. So we wanted to get you information right here as we get ready. We are brought to you today by the Game Time app. Go make sure you download that. Create an account and use our code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. It's last-minute tickets. It's the lowest price, and it's guaranteed. We have a lot here because the Chiefs are out front of this AFC. Another team is on their heels, but it's definitely not the area that we thought it was going to be when this season began. And now I think they're entering phase two. What's that going to look like? We are going to cover who needs to step up later in the show. We're going to talk about how you maximize what the Chiefs are doing now. We're going to start by talking about the AFC itself with the Chiefs out front. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as rgrfootball.com with my partner, Chris Clark of ChiefsCorner.com, where you can find them. You can sign up, you can sub, you can like, you can hit it because we are Part of the Locked On Podcast, just like every show on this network. We are every day, all the time, when you need it for free. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. You can like and sub us here on YouTube. You can get more information and direct information if you would like to by signing up at 816-357-8781 for our text line. That is the fastest way to get breaking news info. And maybe one of the things that we're talking about today might occur. We'll talk about that later in the show. But right now... The big thing, and I want to share it loud and proud, probably not from there, but from here, <laughs> is that Kansas City is up top. Five and one. Record is tied with uh, the Miami Dolphins, but they're leading the AFC right now at 3-0 and in the conference. That is, I think, what is really standing out here. But I, I want to point out a couple of things, get your take on them, Chris, because the strength of schedule I was just uh, is at that. for, for – for the Miami Dolphins, who I just clicked into, um, is significantly different than what we're seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I think that goes a long way in really setting us up for what we see as the stretch run, uh, this middle part of the season where the Chiefs are out front and they need to up their game, step their levels up. What What are your takeaways from looking at this? I can't believe the Miami Dolphins' strength of victory is so, is so low. Um, I, it's just amazing to me. Uh, but you look at this and really Kansas City's in the holding their own at destiny at this point. They play the Dolphins here in a couple of weeks. That could be a very huge game for them. Uh, they will be without their new superstar running back or the fastest person on their team. <laughs> and yeah. Devin A Chain, is that I believe is how you pronounce that? Um I believe he changed it to A Chan. Just just we know. Is it I don't know. Daniel okay, Dobb told well, me that, and I'm not sure if he's right. Yeah, well. I'm not sure either. I know he's out for the Chiefs game, which I'm thankful for a little bit. Uh, hate injuries, but I don't need the extra speed on the field. So uh, Buffalo plays tonight. That's going to be an interesting game, but it really doesn't matter uh, because Kansas City is currently a game ahead of them. And you, know, you start looking at how this is going to play out. Cleveland beat San Francisco. Uh, their defense is formidable. and mm -hmm. But they're, they're going to have a hard time getting past – all the other teams in the AFC North. You know, the Bengals are, are three and three. They won. Uh, we'll see how they continue to go. But they they had a chance to lose that game against Seattle. Yeah, they ended up winning. But, uh, you know, and they lost Orlando Brown to injury, to a groin injury. He missed 
a lot of the second half in that game, so something to watch there. But Joe Burrow looks healthy finally. Uh, I think that's a big thing for them. The rest of this is just – it's kind of playing out how you would think it would play out. I Obviously, I don't think we expected them to lose to Detroit week one. We talked about that early on, but Detroit's a good team. They're showing that. Uh, but being five and one, winning five straight is exactly what they needed to do. They have an extra day's rest. Well, they have actually, what is it, two or three extra days rest on the Chargers who they play next Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing for this team to have that ability. And I saw something like Patrick Mahomes is something insane, like 28 and five against the AFC West in his career. I don't know. That's, that's not that's, exactly right, but it's close. It's it's a positive step either way. And you can see how uh, the Chargers here are well without outside of what's going on here. Uh, uh, kudos to them. And, you know, every time I highlight something, it clicks. So uh, that's the way that it goes for me today. But when you look at uh, Houston playing hard today, Indianapolis playing hard, everybody's got a strength of schedule, a strength of victory that's that's higher than not just the Miami Dolphins, but the Chiefs as well. But when you take a look at it, I think the thing that is lulling people to sleep right now is when you look at the uh, the conference rank of both points uh, overall for and against, Chiefs are sixth, and then you have all these teams that are not giving up the differential, right? Yes, the Miami Dolphins are scoring a lot of points. They're also giving up a lot of points. And so, like, when you look overall net points, 59-67 here, it's, it's the Bills that are currently in seventh place because of, of the games that they have lost that are right up there. And I think really still have to remain, in my opinion, the team to watch and the team to be nervous about because they're fourth in the conference. They're ahead of the Chiefs in terms of point differential given up points for versus points against. And they have an 80 or 79 anyway uh, margin, whereas that's a good 20 points ahead of the Chiefs. Yeah, no, and that's a that's formidable as well. But the thing that is going to be very key for them, uh, they're playing the Giants. We're recording this before Sunday Night Football, so – uh, for any of you listening to this after we're the live show, we're recording this before that. They're playing the yes. Giants tonight. Obviously, we both expect them to beat the Giants. But the bigger thing for them is what does their schedule look like going forward? Because, yeah, they they had a great uh, start to the season, but they've lost some huge pieces on their defense over the past couple of weeks that are probably going to change how many points they're allowing on defense in the coming weeks. Probably not yeah. this week because it's the Giants, but – uh, definitely in the future. <laughs> that That is something to say. And, hey, you know, I'm going to get to this here in a second because uh, what that tells you is that it, it's not over. This is I see this as the first phase. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I like this. Uh, I'm trying to open up my mind about this 17-game season uh, and really break it into bigger chunks rather than quarters like I always have. I'm going to thirds now. And this third is where I think they need to accelerate. So who has to step up for that? That's coming up later. And how do they maximize what they can do with the talent that they have? We're going to hit that next. But you have something first? Yeah, I just want to say the interesting part, Buffalo's losing some of their best defensive players. Kansas City is going to get their best, one of their best defensive players back. And I think that is going to be the case with the Minahee coming back. That is going to be huge for the next couple of games. Yeah, and that's coming right after this. Because I, I want to tell you guys, you got to get into game time because it is the best way for you to find all those hard-to-get tickets. I am possibly going to Lambeau this year because I already have tickets. But if I didn't, or if I didn't have a, a cousin that did, 
I'd be in I'd be in trouble and I'd be looking. Arrowhead's always tough to find good tickets. And obviously, when you win Super Bowls, it makes things difficult. Game time has the answers for you. So check them out. It's easy. You can get last minute tickets. Uh, I may see some of you over there in December. So look out for that. You can get zone deals, you can get flash deals that just pop up. And if you're looking from everything from football games, obviously to concerts and other things that might be going on, whether it's an Arrowhead or around town, you can get those deals right now with game time. It makes life easy. It lets you see the seat that you're going to be in before you even have to buy it. And I love that feature myself because I want to know what my view, my angle is going to be so I can judge what kind of notes I have to take and be prepared to analyze whatever it is that I'm seeing. So you can take all that guesswork out by buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use our code Locked On NFL. Super simple. That'll get you $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. And again, you have to create the account. You have to redeem the code by using Locked On NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off the Game Time app right now. It's last-minute tickets. It's the lowest price, and it's guaranteed. Now, the other thing that you got to do once you have that guaranteed tickets is you want to see what's going on in the other games because Prize Picks makes life easy to get into the action. <clears throat> right now, you can go in and you can win 25 times your money by using it this way just by selecting two or more players uh, in their pick them for more or less of the projected stats and place your entry. It's super simple. Uh, you can get in right now and, and turn $10 into $250. It's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. It makes life easy when you're trying to get in the action from your phone or anywhere else. Say, for example, Justin Jefferson this week. Did you have him uh, even in the ballgame? Because you probably didn't. Whether you had Addison scoring a touchdown or not, you could have bet that very simply. Just the over or the under one touchdown. Super simple. You get in there, you make it, it's 60 seconds, and you're out the door. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our code LOCKEDONNFL. For a first deposit match up to $100, again, that's prizepicks.com, NFL and use that code LOCKEDONNFL. And you can get up to $100 in your first deposit match. It's over there. It's super simple. Daily fantasy sports made easy. What isn't easy is taking a lot of players and trying to maximize each and every single one of them every week to get them to contribute in the same way that you're looking for. And I think we've seen some struggles with that so far this season. So what do you do to do that? We found out with the dislocation of Justin Watson's elbow, it's going to open some doors. And there's We're going to answer some questions here at the very end of of the last segment here coming up. So just hold tight. Uh, we will get to that. But the big two for me that should see an uptick in both snaps and targets are Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. I feel like that's where the staff is in terms of feeling comfortable to feed targets that Justin Watson was going to get, probably the MVS because he can run similar routes and do similar things. But the expansion of the offense needs to flow through those two guys, in my opinion. Where are you at? I like what you're thinking. I'm very curious to see how it plays out because you look at what Sky Moore has done so far this season and it has not played out the way we expected it to. Uh, he is struggling so far this season. And I know everybody is wanting them to put Justin Ross in there. Uh, reality is I don't think he's completely ready to be running all the routes that they want him to be able to run to be able to play uh, like they want him to be able to play. And, and I'm really surprised. The one thing that does surprise me when it comes to Justin Ross is with his size, you would think that they would have red zone packages down for him, but they just don't seem to. And and that kind of shocks me in a bit, in, in a way, 
because I thought that was going to be his role, but mm-hmm. they don't seem to have that for him. I mean, running a fade route with him, I think would be a cheat code almost. Uh, so I'm really <laughs> surprised they haven't used it. And I'm also curious, you know, we saw how bad that they played against Denver this past week. There's been a lot of talk, and I have to think that there's probably some truth to it. Andy Reid really didn't show that much. I mean, yeah, he showed a trick play or two, but he didn't show a ton on on offense. You have to wonder if he's circled the Chargers game as a game that he's going to bring some new stuff out. I have to think so, and I have that same theory. Um, You can maximize this group by throwing off the preparation of the Chargers and every team after them. And and I do think a lot of what you saw against the Broncos was a team that they felt they had in the bag and so they could take risks. They could do some fun things without really giving away what they want to do against the Chargers and kind of throwing them like a red herring to go chase on film and spend time breaking down that they probably have no intention of running. I certainly wouldn't. Um, Now, Andy Reid's a little bit crazier than me when it comes to that kind of stuff, and that's perfectly fine, but... I think you're at, you're absolutely right because I think it comes down to the bread and butter, the basics. You run the slants, you run the digs, you run the things that you need to do with these two players, and particularly the Sky Moore and Rishi Rice, to expand your offense. Well, the other part of it that I don't think we really – I think we glossed over and really didn't talk about at all is the fact that uh, these Thursday night games, generally speaking, aren't pretty games regardless of who's playing. Uh, and I do think that not having the time to really rest and get recuperated and then really get a full game plan in, in, in a regular week of practice in, I think really probably hampered the Chiefs a little bit. Execution was what really hurt them at times. Play calling wasn't great, but execution really hurt them. And I think that they get better over the next couple of weeks. And I do think that they have something special in store for the Chargers. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I mean, in terms of of – being able to get right, there's a couple of things that can help that. Uh, not so much on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, they're going to get Charles Menehue back. That's going to make an enormous impact. And to maximize the attack, maybe for the team as a whole, is to maximize the defense. And by adding him back in, however much they choose to do here against the Chargers, <clears throat> I think it will depend on his conditioning, to tell you the truth. And I think it will depend on, on what they've seen the last couple of weeks. I thought Malik Herring has played well. Mike Dana certainly has. So how do they get those in? allow you to come along and just add on top to what has already been a surprisingly good defense this year. Yeah, and I wonder what the, what move they're going to make to bring him in onto the active roster because right now they're full, and I don't think that they want to take Herring off the roster. If I was them, I wouldn't want to. So if I'm looking at it from their perspective, put Justin Watson on IR. Put him on IR and let him come back when he's fully healed from his elbow injury. You're going to have to probably be without him for the next couple of weeks anyway. I wouldn't put him out there. I wouldn't risk having anything happen to the to his elbow in the next three games that they've got anyway. Uh, you know, it, it dislocated elbows got to be uncomfortable. I know he's not technically been ruled out for the Chargers game, but I would basically put him on IR. He, then he would miss the next three games, which includes the Dolphins and the and the Philadelphia Eagles. But then he'd be able to come back, and you only have five wide receivers. You're gonna have to spread the ball around a little bit more to those guys. But I think he'd still feel pretty good about it. We did find out, however, that they were given the exemption on, I think, Friday uh, for him in Hughes. So they were able to get him back in the building and, and around the team on Friday. They didn't have to wait till Monday like we were thinking they were going to have to. Yeah, and that's a big plus because I mean, is kind of the missing piece here. When we take a look at, at overall total pressures, uh, when this screen comes up, you see what might be surprising to some folks. Now, remember, Chris Jones didn't play the first game. But George Karloftis is your leader in total pressures. 
That might surprise some folks at 27. Obviously, Chris is going to be right behind him at 21, and I do think that will flip eventually, right? Chris is finishing better with the seven sacks. And Mike Dan is the only other guy over double digits in pressures. You throw a Menahue in there, and I think now you have a force that can get home. Well, I was going to say, but what is going to happen when a Menahue comes back? Because I think a Menahue is going to be the starting defensive end. I think Mike Dan is going to get knocked down. Uh, and I think once they go to the NASCAR package, you'll have all four of them on the field. But you're sitting there looking at a situation where I think a Minihue is going to provide a lot more pressure on first and second downs than we, we've seen for Mike Dana. Mike Dana's had great reps this season, but it isn't consistent. A Minihue, I think, has the ability to be that guy, especially with Chris Jones and George Koloftis playing so well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and that makes the attack on the defensive side that much better. So we'll see what happens when these guys get added on. The, the wild card is going to be the fact that Frank Clark seems to be uh, in the wind at this point. Um, now, I'm not a big proponent of bringing him back because it takes snaps away from Karloftis, it takes snaps away from Mike Dana. Do you think there's there's relevance to bring Frank Clark back to this roster? Uh, unless you're bringing him back for just the playoffs, I don't. I mean, my bigger issue is not necessarily even taking away snaps from uh, you know, Carl Loftus or taking away snaps from Dana. It's taking away snaps from FAU. Uh, yeah. He needs snaps to grow. And, you know, I, I understand that you think that Clark may be able to come in and, and get a little bit more pressure, but I think I think FAU could actually, you know, really contribute in the playoff run if he has the ability to get, you know, 10, 15, 20 snaps in some of these games that are coming up. And I think Kansas City should be in a, in a spot, and a certain, not necessarily against the Chargers, but maybe against the Broncos the next time they play them where FAU can get more snaps than normal because I think Kansas City is going to play Denver a little bit cleaner in that next game. Yeah, I have to agree. Well, we know you have a question, and we have a couple of guys that we want to see step up. We're going to hit that next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you're out there looking for somebody to hire or looking to hire somebody, go check out LinkedIn Jobs. They will give you everything you need to be able to hire people for your workforce. Add your job and a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, there are a number of people that I think do have to step up. We mentioned uh, Rasheed Rice, uh, Sky Moore. One other that that I really want to see take some load off because I am concerned at this point with multiple injuries and still pushing through and being productive. I'm worried that we're going to hit a wall with Travis Kelsey. I need more out of Noah Gray, and I need him to start producing now. I would agree with that, and I think that that's absolutely something that Kansas needs to figure out. And, you know, I, I know – that there's probably not any way that this would happen. Uh, but I would be looking to see if there's anybody willing to trade for another tight end. And it's not because I don't mm. think Noah Gray can play well. It's because if you can get another experienced pass catcher in here and help this offense at that position, it gives you the ability to play Kelsey a little bit less than you already are. And the other issue with it is 
Kelsey is Mahomes' security blanket, and I get that you you want that as a quarterback. I get that the team needs that, but he also needs to be able to hit and trust, start trusting some of his other guys. And if you get a guy in here in the next couple of weeks to help out this team at tight end, I think that that could really help open up the passing game, give Kelsey a little a few less snaps that he has to see, and you're not really getting anything from Blake Bell on the offensive point at the offensive standpoint at this point. If he's in there, he's blocking. He's not really opening up as a pass catcher. If you want to be that team, go see if you can get add another young tight end. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's definitely worth trying. At the, at the end of the day, you, you add as much as you can possibly add to help yourself out. Now, if that ends up happening, I think we're going to be happy, but I think there's also something that would make a lot of Chiefs King happy, and, and Daniel brought it up. Um Gotta ask, should we see more of Justin Ross sooner or later with Tony and Moore not producing enough and, and Watson hurt now? That certainly is the next guy that I think needs to get a bump in not only snaps but targets. I do think you can rely more on Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice in terms of moving the ball down in, down out, drive after drive. But it's more than just the jump balls to Justin Ross. You've got to give him more exposure. you got to let him find his way. And I do think, Daniel, I agree with you. I think you need to start – getting him on the field more, even if he's not the target. Well, and if he is on the field more, he has to run his routes like he is getting the target every single time. Uh, you've seen plays, if you go back and watch the film with Justin Ross, that, that's part of the reason I don't think he's getting the snaps that you want to see him get. Uh, I would love to see him be successful in Kansas City. I would love to be able to see them get a undrafted free agent that could be a legitimate number one type wide receiver. And I think Ross has a skill set to do it. But he's got to know the offense. He's got to know where he's he needs to be, and he needs to catch the ball every time the ball's thrown to him. He had a couple of drops the last time he was targeted, uh, in you know four targets, two drops. I mean, you can't do that when you don't get that many targets to begin with. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, the other guy that I think I, I'm happy with, but I do want to see just a touch more from, is Isaiah Pacheco. If you take a look at what he's had here through six games. A uh, little bit of a slow start, but then we get to 15, uh, 20 attempts, 16, 16 back-to-back. He's starting to get that that minimum threshold of getting those touches, and I think you got to con- continue that. If you can get 20 touches per game, I think that maximizes Isaiah Pacheco myself, and I think that alleviates some of the, the issue that we're seeing elsewhere. So that's what I would like also to see on the offensive side. How about you? It's interesting you say that because touches with Pacheco used to be only runs, but now he's been catching the ball so much. He he actually was the second leading target, I think, for this last game. And when you look at that and how that's playing out for the Chiefs, that's very intriguing. I didn't expect to see that, especially in season two. He wasn't a guy that was one of those that was getting a ton of, yeah, there you go, number mm-hmm. two in targets. And that's surprising. I'm not saying he shouldn't be getting those targets. I'm just saying – it's surprising they've gone that direction using him in that in that role. But I also wonder if part of it is because they're also trying to keep McKinnon out of the offense to an extent to save him for later in the season. So they're giving Pacheco the ability to kind of step into a pass receiving role. He still needs to work on his pass blocking. That's the one reason I don't think he has the ability to be a three down back in the NFL is because he struggles in that when you see him on the field, when he is trying to do it at times. And that's a big problem. You can't have guys getting clean shot at Mahomes because Pacheco is going the wrong way, trying to block somebody. Uh, they don't want that. And, and I think that he can get there. It's just, it's going to be something that you got to get reps at. You got to get reps in practice 
and you, he's got to get some of those chances on the field. It's just something I don't want, think they want to see very often. Yeah, I have to think so. Um, save everybody for what they're going to be best at when it comes to January. I'm with you there. Just got to get those W's in the meantime. We have one more question. There we go. I was just going to it as well. <laughs> so pick one. Thank you, Joe, for putting this to us. Um, and for everybody else, please like, sub, hit that bell. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow, but we want to finish on this. Pick one, Hardman or Clark. I like Hardman for depth. Great show. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. Who do you have, Chris? Clark. And it's yep. not even close to me. Uh, I, I don't think Hardman really adds something to this team. I think that he can. He just, he never really contributed. He never, what well, he contributed. He never really grew in his role mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Can he step in and do some of the things that, uh, that he did when he was here? Yeah, but he's not getting the reps in the Jets offense. And the Jets offense isn't fantastic. Obviously, they have Wilson throwing to him, so it's a little bit different than Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think he was going to get the snaps anyway. Uh, he just he never progressed past where he was. Yeah, he has a lot of touchdowns and, and not many uh, receptions compared to some of the other guys. But I don't think that that's something you can just base it on by itself. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Every every snap, every target that he takes, takes away from Sky, takes away from Rasheed, takes away from Justin. Uh, I think that's what you have to do. Uh, right now, as we're live at halftime with the Jets game, uh, cool. he's made zero receptions on two targets, McCole Hardman has. So I, I agree with you. I think Clark might well, they, actually be able to give you a little lift. The other thing with Hardman is he really, I don't think, got many targets that weren't specifically drawn up for his type of plays. Like he specifically had to be targeted or it was a motion of some sort that got him in space to get him the ball. Like they specifically were running plays to get Hardman the ball. And I don't think that you want to bring him in at this point uh, and do plays that you haven't probably been practicing because you don't have somebody with his same skill set and speed. I guess you kind of do in Tony, but are you going to put Tony on the bench to have Hardman in? I don't really think, I mean, they're not, they're not exactly the same player, obviously, but I don't think you want to go that direction. I happen to agree with you. Um, I, I, and I don't think I trust, I know he's been out for some injury as well. I just don't trust that he's going to give you the lift that you're looking for. So, that's where we're at. What do you think? Who would you like to have back? Frank Clark or McCole Hardman? Put it in the comments below. We would love to hear your opinion. We're going to be back with you all week long. We will continue to break down and start looking at this Chargers game based on what we saw against the Broncos. We know it wasn't much, but we'll move down that. Matt Derrick will be with us on Wednesday. We're going to get behind the lines with the enemy on Thursday. And Friday, we will give you everything you need to know to be ready for that ball game. We're going to try to be live as much as we can this week, so please join us when you're capable. If not, it's always available on replay here on YouTube where you can like, sub, and hit the bell on Spotify, on Apple, on every audio platform because that's what we do at Locked On. We are free for you every single day. Hit the text line if you want some more. It's 816-357-8781. Chris, enjoy your week. I think we're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see how Thursday night – I'm actually ready to see how Monday Night Football goes because – Chargers have a good game, have a big game coming up on Monday Night Football, and I'm really excited to see how uh, that play pans out and if the Cowboys can get a win, which would be a bonus for Kansas City. Yeah, nice plus, right? We will take it. We'll have more for you guys tomorrow. Enjoy your evening in the late games. We'll talk to you then.